Your show's rubbish. do this are we recording yeah okay i'll count you in because i know yeah. it gets more anxious <laughs> Three, two one go hello everyone welcome to the d trout spinners podcast with miles and gary how are you gary all right you're looking yeah. well you're looking beardy you've got a lot of the beard yeah i've got a not through like you know vanity or anything i just Vacancy. can't bother to shave i can't be, be bothered as carl would say to shave yeah and a few people have said oh that looks that looks good so I, I, i'll i'll keep growing it can i be honest i'm not one of those people i'm gonna no i know mars didn't say that no but you know hopefully you don't think it's terrible i i am trimming it with a like clippers hair clippers yeah. so it's not getting any longer or thicker but it's just going to stay about the same gives your face a lot of shape doesn't it, it gives yeah. you a face a lot of shape a lot of shading yeah, yeah like a round big piglet yeah <laughs> looks like um with a beard um yeah so i'm uh, i'm okay mate how are you yeah not bad i'm at my mum's house good to be home uh it's good to have the creature comforts of home it's interesting that because I, I i have this dilemma like i now will always refer to home as being where i live now I've been here six, seven years and I've been in Brighton my whole adult life pretty much. But a lot of people like you, I've noticed, you will refer to I'm going home. Like, But you don't really see home as where you actually live. You see it as your mum's house. Hey, home is wherever I lay my head on the pillow, baby. <laughs> in my flat. Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Mars, what is this? I believe it's called the D-Trout Spinners. Is that right? You'd be, you'd be absolutely correct in... Don't assume it makes an ass out of you and me. This is a retrospective podcast of the Ricky Gervais show from XFM many moons ago, 20 years ago. It's our love letter to the shows. That's how I like to describe it. And even though we don't love each show in a love letter, if you love someone, there's bits of their personality or bits of what they do that you don't that you're frustrated with. So it's our love letter. Frustration, love, anger um lust everything is going in this letter to the shows careful careful just uh, <laughs> a bit, sens- bit sensual that but sensual that description well, you know i've got to be gary's quite an emotional person when you get him on a on a good day get him a bit of champagne supernova on hey. mars sorry mars is just gonna do a little intro now i know i could have just let you do it but i like to i like to introduce your introduction when are you gonna do that <laughs> No, I just did it. Mars, oh, right. okay. Mars, he's going to a little pricey of the show overall. He's going to pick out a few of his favourite points and say, this is what happened in the show. Bang, bang, bang. And then we're going to get on with the discussion. I wish I could take that amount of credit by actually copy and paste it from Pilkopedia. This week oh, we discuss episode 25, 8th of February 2003, an important show that sees the mention of the infinite monkey theorem and the first appearance of the little Jamaican fellas in Rockbusters. The film clip this week is The Graduate. And the first notable thing I will say about this episode is this is where we got our name, right? We are those two little Jamaican fellas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we never referred to it. but So if if you never worked it out until now, here's, here's the reveal. But um, obviously everyone who likes the XFM shows will know why we've got our name. But yeah, this is what we picked. I, I picked the name and I think 
I have a lot of regrets about it. I tend to regret things I do all the time anyway, but because there's a lot of shameful. But yeah, no, I no, I tend to pick something and then think, oh, I wish I'd picked that. So I wish we picked another name. But yeah, this is the name. This is this is where it came get from. Get over it. Yeah, get over it. This is it. See you later. Now, I would just say this. Coming up, we have a general discussion about the show and what we, what we feel about it. We've got... Uh, our favourite quotes, which are, I think a lot of people like. We've got a bit of audio. Last week we said we advertised for people to send in their audio. Um, listeners, they can send in sort of 10-second clips of them and we'll play them on air. So we've got one of them. I believe it's Luke that we've got coming up. And we've got the bit I love, which is picking our favourite songs for some library or something. Yeah, love Whatever. it, love it. Yeah, so that's what's coming up. But, Miles, I'm going to do this slightly reversed this week. What was your initial impressions of this this week's show? Yeah, I like it. It's a good one. It's a good one for me. Thanks, mate. Okay, so anyway, moving on, favourite quotes. Uh, yeah. So at the start, they talk about the Michael Jackson documentary. Mm. I remember that documentary going out. That was quite a big deal, wasn't it, at the Martin time? Bashir, Martin Bashir. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, that's where it led to him being put on trial, which he was found not guilty during that trial for... How uh, things have changed. Abuse of, abuse of the boy who was in that in that clip. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's it kind of sparked that. But, yeah, it's um, I remember it coming out as well. And he's just the most odd man, apart from all the terrible stuff. It's just... Even his good parts, it's just odd. Like, and the fact he was a billionaire, probably one of the richest men in the world, and just could have all these gold elephants and whatever, you know, just a very odd man. So, but it does date it having a chat about Michael Jackson. Obviously, one because he's dead, and two because <laughs> he's, you know, he's kind of we don't. Also, talk well, about sub- subsequent like documentaries have we come out. We like... don't talk about Michael exactly. So, oh. the the very the the actual intro. Ricky's first words are one of my favourite, and we, I know we both like this. And obviously, it's in your top quotes and it's in mine, but I just like where he just says, "Oh, chilly weather." One of the cardigans. That was the cardigans. That is perfect, perfect pastiche kind of Mickey taking of DJs that do that sort of thing because it's the most bland intro. Chilly weather. Why not put in a cardigan? I'd love to be one of those late night DJs. They are in, in decline, aren't they? I well, mean, you we've, could... applied. <laughs> we've, we've applied to be on a lot of radio stations and we both accepted and both realised that if we ever did happen to get on a professional radio station, we would be on at 1am to 5am. <laughs> that would be our slot at 1am to 4am, whatever. Yeah, we wouldn't get four hours. Okay, 1am to half one. <laughs> no, I think so. But Carl isn't impressed, is he? Carl isn't impressed by the Michael uh, Jackson documentary. He's more focused on yeah. the Siamese twins. Like, a trope of Carl's character is he loves the weird, the supernatural, the the freaks of society, yeah. if you will. Things that are a bit strange, Steve Merchant. Uh, exactly. And he's not interested in stuff that you'd expect a person would be interested in. So it doesn't surprise me that he's not into the Michael Jackson documentary. Like we've Rick, Ricky's often said, like with Carl, he often follows the subplot. And, and kind of an extension of that is with Carl... He's often interested in the stuff that most people don't think about. So most people would be more interested in the Michael Jackson documentary. But with him, he's kind of interested in little sub genres of, of weirdness. The Siamese twins story is it's just so every time I hear that and I've seen them, I've, I've seen them before I'd heard them talk about it. Both of them. I've seen these twins. I've seen the twins. And it is. Tra- oh, my God. It's. It, you know, you just think, can you imagine? Like, I mean, they joke about it. What if one had bad breath? But 
it's just uh, anyway it's just what it's would just you, nice... what would you ask them as a uh, <laughs> as a passing what would you what what are better things for you to ask them you know in that interview um i don't know do you uh to primark cater for uh, conjoined twins God. like a double jumper or something no i don't i don't know it's just it, it's just it's tragic but i can tell you, see why cars i mean i'm not saying this is an example of where carl's interested in something that most people wouldn't be i think most people would be interested in the twins because because they are it's a tragic sort of story but it's interesting and it's weird and carl is certainly interested in it and uh trisha by the way is if you're not from the uk or if you're from the uk but under sort of 29 trisha was kind of a like a talk show host like like oprah but much much smaller not smaller yeah. physically but much much smaller she probably would back. be a bit smaller physically as well yeah you? but she did the whole oprah thing that's what so it's almost as if he was going they were going She's on oprah had a huge career in the u.s trisha has she yeah who would have thought whilst oh. kilroy you know well yeah working in asda now isn't he i don't know uh, delivering pizzas or something to, 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 to hopefully to Muslims to to to, to get back at him because he's a dick and he doesn't <laughs> like Muslims and we support Muslims here on this channel and all races and religions except Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do have a few Swedish listeners, so you can't say that. I love Sweden. No, I'm joking. I just picked a country. Around do you know what I mean? Um, Carl is reluctant to claim money back on the prizes when when he buys the he buys the um the graduate on VHS. Because he doesn't want to spend like fifteen ninety nine on like all of the the bonus features and this DVD was, extras. This was a man earning probably about forty grand a year at the time. But I do understand that sort of thing because I've been in that situation at work where you have to claim back expenses, and he oh, says no, that will take ages. And I probably would have done the same thing because I, I wouldn't want to wait the month because you've got to process the payment, then you've got to wait for it to be approved by the management, then you've got to add it onto your like the payroll or whatever, then you get it back eventually. And it's like. Carl, I imagine, would actually be quite pretty good with his money. He's, he's oh got, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's a saver. He'll take he'll take the piss out of Steve, but he definitely is a saver. He's going to be like his dad. He's looking for value for money. He's thinking, why? I don't want to do this radio show anyway. I'm just going to get the the fucking prize on VHS. No one else gives us anything, so I'll do. You know, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's fair enough. And again, the way Ricky kind of destroys him for it is again, it's. It's, it's it's very funny to listen to. And I don't I don't I think the one of the reasons I quite like this week's show is no one goes over the line. Ricky doesn't go over the line. I don't think anything's kind of done that's unreasonable this week in terms of the teasing. Do you not think though? Not even with uh, I suppose we do need to get to it eventually, but it's why not now? The infinite monkey theory. No, I don't because he doesn't he doesn't insult Carl directly. He he pro- he projects this anger and obviously part of that is acting and part of it probably is genuine frustration at Carl not understanding. But I don't think Ricky goes over the line this week. He kind of uh, I've got in my favorite quotes and it's like one of my favorite things. I I do it now, but but are they going off on a story that they play a record Carl because I'm going to knock you out. Now, because like that is to me that's fine because he if he if he if you thought he really meant he was going to knock him out, that would be unreasonable, but he doesn't call him a dickhead like in that it's that tone from the other week that is not here this time. It's just yeah. anger and frustration and it's partly acting. But it's funny because Ricky can't handle the fact that Carl doesn't grasp the nature of the theory which is actually quite a complicated it theory it's a very co- actually i looked it I up tried to, i tried to research it and i got to like the first page 
first he went on Wikipedia and I was like, this is just too complicated, too many numbers. So I went on the other one. I, I understand the idea behind it, but I don't understand any more than that. It's funny because Ricky, like, he's not very patient, <laughs> first and foremost. He's clearly not very. But you've got this great dynamic between the three. You've got Steve Media in between the two. Steve also has to tell tell Ricky to let Carl finish. And I actually get really annoyed of Ricky at those moments. I'm like, just let him fucking finish. He hasn't he, finished he, his story yet. Yeah, he's he's a bit he's a bit he, Ricky's a bit. I'd describe him as a bit annoying when he's kind of um, having to go at Carl during that moment. But I, I don't think he oversteps the line really. He he's just himself. Like he's interrupting. That's like, to me that's not. It doesn't cross a line. But it's it's frustrating to listen to. But you're right. It's a very complicated theory. But it's not complicated. It's actually well. It's quite a simple theory. But it's very hard for a human being to grasp the nature of infinity like because i was reading it basically if it's an infinite a monkey of an infinite amount of time they probably will type the works of shakespeare however if you made filled the entire universe the entire universe that we've got with monkeys at a typewriter Big, isn't it? sitting next to each other no listen and you they started from the beginning of time and they went to the end when the universe is going to die well, well into the future they would type nothing almost nothing of Shakespeare tiny little bits so you have to go from that to infinity is such a big leap that they would actually type it but it's 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 very hard to kind of get your head around I was reading a bit do you want me to read a bit out because I, I was, do I was, if, I was can you make it really simple what I'll do what I'll do is read out the bit because Carl refers to this in a later episode I don't think it's this one he refers to in that episode that they actually got some monkeys in a typewriter and they didn't come up with anything right, not so, enough amount of time then so what uh, yes exactly yeah I, I love the quote so in 2003 lecturers and students from the University of Plymouth Medilab arts course used a 2,000 pound grant from the Arts Council I'm luck they're lucky we didn't get, we, we've been applying for lots of grants and things but we don't get them. to study the literary output of real monkeys they left a computer keyboard in the enclosure of six celibus crested macaques in Paynton zoo in devon for a month with a radio link broadcast not only did the monkeys produce nothing but five total pages largely consisting of the letter s the lead male began bashing the keyboard with a stone and the monkeys followed by soiling it Mike Phillips, director of the University's Institute of Digital Arts Technology, said that the artist-funded project was primarily performance art and they had learned an awful lot from it. He concluded that monkeys are not random generators. They're more complex than that. That yeah. sounds like me at work this week. To air yeah. some excrement on the keyboard. Yeah. So Ricky is, Ricky is right when he says it's infinity or nothing. I think he says it in a later episode. It's either infinity or nothing. You could have the whole universe filled with monkeys and they would never do it. But it's, as long as you say infinity, they would almost certainly do it. Sort out for you. Well, there you go. You've, you've taught everyone a new thing they didn't know before. Yeah. I got bored just saying that sentence. Yeah, that was, but was, I, I drifted off. Um, but yeah, what else happens in this episode? I think it's, you're not, you happy with Ricky the way Ricky is with Carl during that section? I, I don't yeah. mind. I think it's funny that Carl does actually have a lot of patience and he's willing to, you know, he stays so calm during that whole thing. Whereas if that was me, if, if that was me and someone else was being that aggressive and trying to force me to understand something that's really complicated, I'd, I'd really go mental. I'd go absolutely mental, equally mental as, as Ricky does with Carl, because mm. you can't just expect someone to understand something so quickly. But the thing is, I wouldn't kind of tolerate it from my friends or people I know either. But 
it's within it's within their accepted roles that they have both entered into during this show. Ricky is the kind of person who knows about science, knows. But I know I'm not saying all of this is fine and like he's he's never arrogant. He is arrogant with it sometimes, but he does know about science. He he does actually know. He's not an expert, but he does know a lot. Carl is an and he's the antagonist, and Carl is the one who is antagonised, and Carl plays the dim role because i think carl probably understands it a little bit more than he's letting on he probably can but it's, it's difficult to understand I'm not saying- i think it's so easy to forget but they are actually broadcasting mm. you know it's it's not like someone's just planted a mic in a living room and we're getting them natural yeah of course things change you you click on i think even like we forget like even broadcasting this you do sort of that there are parts of your personality that you you beef up or you take away or you remove because you're cautious that you're presenting a version of yourself and for the reason why i don't think carl gives a shit really i actually don't think he would have given a shit actually before um on or off air to be honest no yeah i i hide a lot of my um my masculine side when i'm on air as you know i'm very i'm a very aggressive masculine kind of i'm yeah. an alpha male yeah but i hide that on air and I i'm more feminine no but um, Is that your mom? you got that from your mum's though didn't you I got my mum, yeah, the masculinity from my mum, a lot of testosterone. I think that if you're right about being on air, because when they're in the pub discussing this, I can imagine Ricky gets shouty and, and annoyed, but he wouldn't react like that to Carl. If they weren't broadcasting, he's doing it for entertainment. You've got to remember, they do. Ricky, when Ricky's being like that with Carl, he's doing it for entertainment, and it is entertaining. He does cross the line. He crossed the line a few weeks ago when we, he's like dickhead yeah. in, that, in that really nasty way. I can't, do you know what? I can't he's get... He's trying to entertain. That's the key. I can't get that passionate on, on air. <laughs> the way he gets so shouty. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm sort of a chilled out entertainer. Yeah, but not, neither, of us, neither of us are like Carl. If we had, if we yeah. had a Carl character, <laughs> we'd probably, you know, you know what I like. In general, in genuinely, I get very frustrated at times, like, and I can, <laughs> I can kind of uh, make my point forcefully, but. But yeah, I do, I and I do with you. But on air, you know, you're not gonna. We, we're two normal, normalish people, you know. We're not Relatively gonna. Relatively speaking, I like this episode because my favourite quote, and I will get to it later. But um, he's sat in there and he's talking about oh. Carl trying to get on with his day. These are the, the stories I I absolutely love, and I wish there were more of them. But what the day to day running was like at XFM because he's got a fob. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into the yeah, okay. fob, and they they talk about that, don't they? Well, they get his fob taken off him. He says, "I'll go to the studio." So you know, I've got a normal job here. He goes, "Go to the studio." He's sat in there. I can can you imagine? <laughs> I can totally imagine that. Like and Carl getting in because Carl's very focused. He doesn't like fun. He doesn't like this playful stuff. He just doesn't. He's the opposite to Ricky in that sense. But he gets in there. He just he's got stuff to do. He's probably stressed anyway. He's coming to work. He's, he's got someone who's kind of perpetually kind of stressed. And then you've got Ricky Gervais <laughs> in your office, knowing what he's going to do to you, like knowing he's going to completely ruin your day and take the piss out of you. But you know what he's saying? He's probably on like one of those swivel chairs, like just spinning around, eating a sandwich, throwing a ball against the wall or just messing around yeah. in, in Carl's no, ear. He's sitting to... there with his feet up, smile oh. on his face, like waiting for Carl, like, I've got you. I've got Can you. Can you imagine though, the sort of freedom that Ricky had at that time? You know, no, no. Just I'm literally not. right in, you know, in Oxford Street or no central London. And then he goes, he probably just goes, ah, oh, for lunch I'll just go and annoy Carl. I know he's gonna be there, so yeah. he won't mind me being there. And he's he got a Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that's the thing with when you're a writer, like, and the thing that 
with Ricky and Steve is that that you go through periods where you're incredibly intense and work it like when they're writing the office he would never he wouldn't do that like when they're actually writing it seriously but once it's written and it's produced you have this big gap where like and and Steve's referred to it before you've had nothing to do a week Ricky we we weren't even writing you know you you've had nothing to do yet you've come up with nothing for the show <laughs> literally the show was their only his only job for a while and it must have been a lot like I I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not lazy and I don't like you know right. just doing nothing but it would be nice wouldn't it to have done loads of work it really paid off because it, with the office and you, you know it's big and you you don't have to worry about money probably ever again almost at that point even and you, but so your only job is a Saturday lunchtime radio <laughs> show where you've got you can really annoy you love annoying the producer and it just it must have been heaven <laughs> so but Carl allows it doesn't he because that's what I say. He settles into the role of the show. They both they both know their roles. Steve Steve's role is a bit more complicated, but he knows his role. Steve and uh, Ricky and Carl and Steve they all know their roles within the show. Carl accepts it because he knows at the end of the day he he doesn't believe all the stuff he says on air, and he is more intelligent than he think than he lets on. But he comes across as dim and like slow. Because he knows it's his role on air. I just cracked my neck. It really hurts. Oh, really? I wasn't really... What did you say? My point. I'm, not, I'm not repeating it. The listeners heard. Oh, um, my back. It's just because I sort of I moved my head a bit. And then, you know, when you swivel your neck, swivel right that on the board. And yeah. my, my neck just sort of, I don't know. You know, it's good to crack sometimes. It's it's good like, to... No, it releases the tension that was in Is the it? joint. Yeah. I feel better. Thanks for asking anyway. Shall we talk Valentine's Day? Yeah, everyone's favourite time of the Actually, year. It's interesting because it, this show. Um, oh no, no, I was, I was thinking we, we were close on air. Forget that. I, I was thinking it was February for some reason. Anyway, yeah, we, we, so it's Valentine's Day on this show, or it's going to be Valentine's Day coming up, and perfect opportunity. And that's another reason I like the show is that you get a nice balance of Carl antagonising Steve, Ricky antagonising Carl. Carl kind of getting on both their nerves. Everyone, everyone's kind of getting on each other's nerves, but without, without going too far. <laughs> Obviously, Steve, Steve and Valentine's Day. But bless him, Steve. Well, not now because he's got mm. a nice girlfriend apparently. But um, it's a perfect opportunity. If you knew Steve Merchant during those times and you're on a radio show with him, you're gonna take the piss well, out. He gets to it. He no gets job. to it really well because Dickie Anderson, friend of the show, yeah. emails him and says, "I'm lazy. I'm work shy." Can I can I have a job? Because all right, ask him. He's got a goggle eye freak there. So all right, mate, don't yeah, don't yeah. say that. And then uh, Carl goes. Actually, I was thinking about that. Carl, yeah. what? Think about the what? He actually gets it wrong, Carl. He gets it wrong. He says, um, "What are you happier with? The fact that no girls like you enough, or that you don't have to get Carl for someone?" Actually, what you should say is, "What's the case?" are you happy because you don't have to get a car for someone or are you sad because no girls like you enough? But he he says it slightly wrong. I've always kind of noticed that, but I just like his honesty though, because you know, I've said that I've told you loads of times that you're an odd looking fella. fella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just that that thing you go through all of the phases of friendship. You go, you're an odd looking fella. Insult. First time you say it. Second time you say it, you're still a bit offended. Third time, You've just got to accept now that you're an odd looking fella. Yeah. And not just me, but loads of people in the office think that. 
Yeah. Get yeah. over it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> the doctor says you walk down the building as well, not just in the studio. The eyes. It's the eyes. I know. But to be, you know, again, Steve has made, that Steve knows it's his role in the show, that he is generally, he's on a level above Carl, and he, he's more of a piss taker of Carl. But he, know, he, he knows and accepts that part of his role is taking a lot of shit mainly from Carl, but yeah. stick Ricky as well. Those Claire episodes where he's like, that's lanky piss and streak. That's freaking goggle eye. But you can't do the same to Ricky. Like it's always Ricky and Steve. And do you know, do you ever get that f- feeling in life where there are just some people who are just kind of untouchable. If you try to insult them, you though you could probably do that. They're just sort of solid. They're untouchable. Ricky's untouchable in the sense that he, more than anyone on the show, doesn't care. Even if you don't care, you can still get away with it. But No, but if you don't care, you're untouchable. That's the main thing. And that's a good way, in, a good thing in life. Like, if you don't react to something or you react and laugh. and So it's when Carl insults Steve, Steve doesn't laugh along. And that's what makes it funny because Steve genuinely is offended when he laughs along with when Ricky does it, but not when Carl does it. Mm. If you laugh along with people, then you kind of protect yourself from fallout from being so. And the other thing is, and it's the way it is, it's the Ricky Gervais show. Ricky is on a level above them, too. Not in terms of talent necessarily, but in terms of importance. They mm. both, both of them know it's the Ricky Gervais show. It's Ricky Gervais's talent. Ricky Gervais has been on TV. Ricky Gervais is well known. They're not well known. They are now much more, mm. but they weren't them. Yeah, Ricky kind of gets away with. They probably don't attack Ricky more because if you if you're in a if you like see some birds and they're fighting over some crumbs, it, <laughs> if the big one goes and takes some crumbs. You don't they don't usually get attacked by smaller ones. But if the smaller ones go, the bigger ones kind of attack them. And it's that kind of it's that kind of mentality. I think. You get you get it all here on the show. You get you pigeon chat. <laughs> but it's, the only example I can think of the time where Ricky vaguely appears kind of vulnerable is when it, when they're talking about his appearance on the John from Ross show, which we will get to eventually. Yeah, not uh, but not but not today. But that's the only time. I, that's a teacher. Well, and I'll say this: when whenever Mars has more than half a bottle of wine, he he gets in touch with Jonathan Ross's agent usually, so <laughs> to try and get him on the show. So we are trying to get Jonathan Ross on the show, but it's unlikely. But you never know. Before we wrap up, we are going to have a break. But Gary, I th- I want to leave this with you. Ryan Williamson has been in touch and he sent us some rockbusters. So okay. I'll read these out and then we'll have a break, right? And we'll come back. And you're not going to get smooth, mate. Mars is the editor in chief. (laughs) Ryan says, thought I might send you a few we had so you can play with each other. You know, if you're bored, I would never play with you, Gary. Well, (laughs) if you do happen to play, I apologize right now for the clues. They're just as bad as Carl's. And that's what we were aiming for. That's what you want. Yeah, go on. Here we go. Number one, that person just stole my butter. N. M. That person just stole my butter. N.M. Second one. The Jamaican fella thinks that cat over there is happy. K.P. Little, little Jamaican fella thinks that cat, cat is happy. And number three. You can keep decapitating people. What's going on there? E.S. You can keep decapitating people. What's going on there? E.S. Is that Ed Sheeran? You have to wait and see.
guys? How's it going? One of my favourite quotes, it's where Ricky brings up to Carl. He says, uh, what was that thing that you were saying about glasses? Carl says to Steve, it's a bit weird that you've got glasses because you've got a good pair of eyes on you. And I think that's great. I just think it's fantastic. Like He says it's not an insult, but it's just, it's such a dig, you know. And I think it's just, it's such a good observation in general. You know, people do look different without their glasses on. And um, yeah, it's just, it's such a thing that only Carl would come out with. Thanks, Luke. That was, that was Luke. Luke B. Good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed it. He, he goes on to say, thanks, lads. Love it as always. You're getting better by the episode. Both seem more relaxed as time goes by. Still gardening away. Getting weird looks whilst cracking up on your show. All right, see you later. I enjoy the thought of people cracking up as they're listening to the show. That's, that's lovely. I'm sure some people don't. But yeah, some people, two stars. But um, some people do. <laughs> when, uh, that's lovely, a lovely thought. Like if you're in a supermarket or just doing something serious, like a funeral. I'd love people to be listening to a funeral. And so I Often the best time to listen to the show at a funeral. But do do be careful with those garden shears and the lawnmower in and don't uh, don't chop up your hands. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I have said this before in a previous show. I, in a former life or in my next life, if you believe in that, I'd love to be a gardener. I just don't like getting my hands dirty, but... I do. I quite like the idea of like just. It's quite a peaceful job, I imagine. Like it's quite a sort of meditative kind of listening to where you're in your audio. I genuinely would love that. I'm not very good to my hands otherwise, but quite out of all the trades. Is that what your girlfriend I'm, said. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> well, who are who are you? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm Jimmy Carr. Jethro. Uh, no. Jethro. Sort of Jethro character. I can promise you now, the listeners, that if Miles at any point in his life ever was offered the job of gardener, He uh, even if it was for a salary of 50 grand a year or 60 grand a year, I promise you he wouldn't take it. There's no way you would take a job as gardener. You, I, you, it's a little sort of fan, fantastical thing where you just... Well, it's like when Carl says, would you rather be a... Would you do... Would you be a paper boy for, you know, a grand? Yeah, yeah it's sort of simple life, but gardening is tough. You wouldn't... You're not a gardener. Anyway, thank you, Luke. It'd, you be like, it'd be like me if I if I um, said oh, I really like it's assembling furniture. And I won't go into it, but last week I talked about the fact that my yeah, girlfriend it, it resembled all our furniture, my ex-girlfriend. And she even assembled my bed after we'd split up, my new bed. And that was the reason why they split up in the first place. But um... no, no there's a lot of very complex reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to them now. Let's on, on Gary's relationships. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys, uh, if you have any of your favourite quotes, stories you want us to include within the podcast, you can do so and get in touch. Send us an MP3 file to trout.de at gmail.com. Coming up, we have XFM The Community, where we read out portions of your feedback and your general thoughts on the official XFM shows. But now, time for some favourite quotes. Favourite quotes. Well, we've actually touched on some of these already because it's impossible not to sometimes. You just have to. It is, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start with one I've already done, but I just, I do love it. It starts with Carl, then it's Ricky. But are they going off on a story? They're playing a record, Carl, because I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> what sort of a show has a feature called Monkey News? Oh, monkey News. In the... It's not as if you can say, oh, never guess what I did today. <laughs> yeah, it's very harsh. Very, very harsh. But <laughs> Here's some sound effects and that. And bread. And bread. Like the way both of them say it. Like Carl, like Carl says it like very earnestly. <laughs> you know, it's a and <laughs> yeah. bread. And bread. Do you know what? I would love it if someone got me a, a, a trip to a, a chip shop. I'd actually consider that a night out or a yeah, so I'd love 
I love chip shop. We can tell. We've never been to a chip shop together, have we? We've been to a pizza restaurant. Yeah, that was a yeah, don't that was bring a good up. day. That was, that was, yeah. <laughs> we just don't want to speak to you people. We just don't want to speak to you people. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'll tell you what swearing is. Ooh. Ooh. Well, on that subject, Ricky Gervais is a cunt. Cunt, yeah. That's good. Well, I put that one quite a lot in the to it myself. That was my next one. I know. Well, you're going to have it, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I put that love that. Yeah. That is so hard to say, isn't it, in Ricky's voice? It is, yeah. All right, London shit, isn't it? Or is it last Christmases? How could a child survive without EastEnders? I told you I used to choke a lot. This one come close at Romeo and Juliet. I've um, got, there was a lot of college contenders, but I didn't put them in. There was one more I've got. It's going to cost you twice as much as you would have done if you got the DVD the first time around. First time around. Again, another great Ricky slow when he just gets to the end of a sentence without not quite thinking what he's going to say next. Yeah. I do know what I'm going to say next because it's XFM in the community. Oh, that was that was you were like Tony Blackburn then. And then I'm getting was, better at this. <laughs> do you want to do you want to describe what XFM in the community is? XFM in the community is my favourite section of the show. It's basically we we took it the, the name of it from a, the quote that ricky says xfm in the community and he's talking about you know there's everyone's mental listening to xfm this is basically your feedback about our show about the xfm shows uh, about things in general just things you want to chat about it's my favorite section of the show i think it's mars's favorite section of the show too my favorite is so, sort of like close to the ending yeah I, i'm always happy with that I love picking a song because it's literally we say goodbye after that. <laughs> but um, no, it's 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 a great section of the show. And please do get in touch. We've just sort of expanded the feature this week because we've heard Luke. We've actually it's, we've got a bit of audio of a listener. I know it wasn't in X firm in the community, but it was good to hear a listener on the show. Uh, so get in touch with your audio. But if, if you don't want to be heard on the show, that's fine. Just write in, write in on Twitter, Instagram, email. We'll give all the, um, all, well, Miles specifically, we'll give all those um, contacts. You're so struggling with this, aren't you? No. <laughs> Talking about social media. <laughs> oh, yeah, that bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is XFM in the community. And now I usually, Miles sometimes sends me the feedback, but he he's the one who traverses social media. He loves it. He loves it. I'm too old. No, I d- I d- I'm not as active on social media. So I'm hearing a lot of this for the first time. So, um, yeah, let's let's get on with the feature. Let's do it. So this is from Ryan Williamson, who did send in those, those rock busters. Answers coming up soon. Perfect. He says, hi, guys. I've just found your show a couple of months ago and have finally listened to them quick enough to actually catch up. Finding your show by accident and listening for the first time was a bit odd, but in a good way, though. I love the show. It seems strange that these radio shows actually still have people listening. I'm sure there's no other radio show that gets that. I do get some odd looks sometimes. If I happen to mention to someone who doesn't know about that, that I listen to to these 17-year-old radio shows. I'm quite lucky in a way that one of my best mates also loved the shows. We quote bits to each other and have been sending each other our own Rockbusters clues during the lockdown. Thank you, Ryan, for getting in touch. Thanks very much, Ryan. Great um, email. Very insightful. I agree with you. It's crazy that people are listening to this radio show all these years later. I would I would imagine that, uh, as you say, most probably no other radio station has that. Probably there are some podcasts that that have of radio shows that have more listeners. 
but them far more recent. I don't think you get anything that's going back sort of 18, 19 years that has this no. much listenership. And uh, the other interesting thing, Ryan, is which I think you're very lucky is that because Mars and I are lucky in this sense, we both know each other like physically in the world and we both love the shows. It's very rare for that to happen because although there's a lot of people listen, it's a, it's a tiny amount of the overall population. So your best friend loving the shows as well is a right bonus. So you must love that and you can send each other rock busters and stuff like that. So yeah, um, uh, thanks for listening, Ryan. It is weird that sort of, uh, can you think of any other radio shows that have that long lasting appeal well, that's what I was saying. I don't think there is anything from that decade, from 2001, 2002. Well, it's 2020 now, you know, that has this much. You know, you get TV shows that are pop, like Father Ted's very popular now. It was on before the X-Film show. But to listen to something that was broadcast for a London audience once a week on a Saturday, it wasn't broadcast for like everyone. And it's very of its time. Like it's quite it kind of it dates. But it, I, I quite like that. But it dates. It's not it's not trying to be timeless. It's not trying to entertain people wider than the audience of the show. It's just like, right, we're doing a show on Saturday on XFM broadcast into London. Try and be entertaining for that two hours and then we'll see you later. Yeah. But but so many other people now love it. But you get podcasts of radio shows that uh, have more listeners like Commode and Mayo. I'm sure have loads and loads of listeners, but they're not. And, it, and even to their ones, let's say they started doing them, what, four, four or five years ago, Commode and Mayo? No, <laughs> they've been going for like plus 10 years. OK, but the, I bet they're not available, the stuff 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably have to fish them out. But what I do find strange about these shows in particular is they're they're so quotable and they're so memorable. Like you can be a fan of a radio show that's been going on for ages, you know, like, I don't know, Terry Wogan or um, and Kenny Everett. Right. Those, those shows are quotable. But I, th- I think Ricky, Steve and Carl kind of hold hold the record for like most quotable radio shows. I would like to know what other shows listeners listen to that sort of archive or nostalgic radio shows, because I do go back and listen to. You know, Adam and Joe probably is the closest that I can think of. Perhaps like Blue Jam, you know, the um, Chris Morris show. That's got some really memorable, funny, funny as hell bits. And, and of course, um, oh, crumbs. What is there were Ellis James and um, Joel Robbins, but it's not it's not old enough yet. It's not old enough for no. it. Nostalgic. And but also got all those like old shows like, um, I don't know, Flight of the Concords. That shot started off as a radio show. League of Gentlemen started off a radio show. Little Britain started off as a radio show. Loads of big popular BBC and also, you know, non-BBC shows started out on radio. Like radio is a really diverse format. And um, But the difference is with those shows, I think all, like the difference is with the XFM shows, the Ricky Gervais shows, like shows like that that started off on radio were always trying to get a, reach a kind of a mass audience. Not, I'm not saying they would try and have mass appeal and be like mainstream. They weren't. Certainly Flight of the Concourse wasn't. But they were always trying to entertain a wider audience, I think. And and with the knowledge that what they were trying to do, they would they it was like one stage and the next stage for them was to go on telly and the next stage was to do touring and concerts, things like that. This radio show with Ricky Steve and Carl it was just a little radio show no one intended yeah. it like there was no there was no end point there was no end goal like they weren't trying to get anywhere Ricky and Steve had already written stuff Carl didn't want to go anywhere they were just sat in the studio it was there was nothing like there was no wider purpose to it and that's what makes it so amazing and lovely and sweet 
um, that, you know, people still listen all these years later. It's really great. Also, I, d- I did come across this. It's not uh, it wasn't emailed uh, or tweeted to us, but there's something interesting that I found and something I'm eager to get uh, people's opinions on. This is from Derry. Derry said, was explaining to my work colleague that the Carl Pilkerton Gervais Smirch XFM show, what what it is, sorry, and some lass interrupted me saying that she listens to them every night. Such a weird moment laughing, laughing with a stranger about monkey news. So I want to ask listeners their strangest or surprise XFM encounters. These could be with friends, relationships, strangers or family. I want to know your times when you've thought, I'm the only one. But then you meet a fellow listener, often in very unexpected circumstances, yeah. and you strike up a relationship. And it could be a long-lasting relationship or just a fleeting moment where, you know, a connection between two people. But these are the the times when I want to talk about it. Kind of inspired by, you know, this week's XFM in the community and also, you know, Gary and I's relationship. And, you know... And the, and the, and the, reason, the reason that... that I, I, that's an interesting topic. And the reason why... It's interesting to hear about that, those experiences, because they're so rare, because, as I was saying, there is very few like Ryan, his best mate listens. That's it. That's interesting, because I don't think there's many people who have a really good mate. Who need, We're lucky in that sense that we we both know each other outside, but we we love the shows independently. So, yeah, I'd be interested to hear listeners takes on that. Now, we did have it's not extra in the community, but we actually had uh, a few rockbusters earlier, didn't we? So we let's did. type them up. So go on, go through them again and I'll try and guess. And let's let's start backwards because I uh, did actually get this one, to be fair. Uh, Ryan made these to be deliberately as hard as possible. I didn't get them. Uh, the third one was you can't just keep decapitating people. What's going on there? And that was Ed Sheeran. Do you understand like, that? Well, uh, I under I think what he's like Ed could be head and Sheeran like shearing like if you're shearing gardening. Yeah. So, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work as a clue because that just you'd have to phrase the clue differently. But anyway, well, come I, up with some stuff then, Gary. I, I did I did years ago. <laughs> no no no. I listen. I am I'm going to dissect these clues and I'm going to feed back on these clues in a in a gently teasing way. But I I really appreciate you emailing <laughs> in. So I'm going to just um review these in that sort of teasing manner. <laughs> okay cool. The second one is uh the Jamaican fella thinks that cat over there is happy. What its initials? KP. Yeah. Katy Perry? Yeah, that's correct, actually. Do you yeah. know why it's correct? Well, Kate is cat. Cat says, so you know, like cat. No. Katy Perry. What, what is it? Kitty Perry. Okay. <laughs> now, that's, this isn't even gentle teaching. Right. That is shit, Carl. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I know it's Christmas. No, I'm joking. But no, that that is... Uh, Ryan, I know you made these to be deliberately shit. So don't, you know... And the last one, this is this is actually my favourite. <laughs> okay, that person just stole my butter. N M. I don't know if you'll know this artist. I think you will, but you're not that old. Something Marjorie or something. Well, sort. Of, well, that is in there, but uh. Something Marjors. Yeah, go on. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Nicki Minaj. Oh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, Nick, I know. Nicki Minaj. Nick. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> That's those are those are brilliantly stupid. I love them. <laughs> you no, know, I do like them, right? Yeah. I love them. You know, you know, we, you and I know they don't work, but that's the point. They're great. So we are going to wrap up, which I'm 
fiercely excited about because at present i'm at my mum's house and she's taking my niece and nephews out to the park so we've got to wrap this up quick before they come back and scream and interrupt this load of shies so we're going to end the show now we're going to do the d trout spinners library this is when gary and i select a song each and we put it into our spotify playlist called the d trout spinners library and these songs can be ones that you know either have been of sentimental value or songs that we like or songs that we've thought of because we've been inspired by the show so gary what you got this week I just had these in my bag from last week. Basically, my my one this week, someone on uh, my Facebook just happened to put this playlist or, or something, and I just clicked on it. I don't even like them. And it was a song that so reminded me of my childhood. And I, since then, I've been listening to their music. And so... So what did your mum mom post on Facebook? She didn't. It wasn't my mum. I don't click on her links because they could be dangerous they could be no, a bit fruity yeah i could get, go to prison or something but no this and it's i've been listening and youtube has since started recommending the videos to me because i've been listening so much it reminds me of childhood not childhood but later childhood so later teenage years and after the abuse the song the this song the songs are so cheesy it's so cheesy okay and they're full of cliches Right. So they're full of sentimental cliches, but they are inspiring and positive. They really <laughs> are inspiring, and positive. So the song I'm going to put in, there's two I'm thinking of. Can I put in two or should I pick one? One. You've only got one, mate. This is Desert okay. Island Discs, but uh, sort of lower. Not as good. OK. S Club 7, Reach. I'm going to allow that, actually. Just just the oh, end of thanks, the 90s, mate. wasn't it? Yeah, because I just want to give, assure listeners that Mars does not have a uh, final say on whether I can get the But you off. would have been much older for S Club 7, because for me, I would yeah, have been yeah, about I was. Oh, so it wasn't like I wasn't into it. I wasn't into them at the time, particularly. But I just remember they're so positive. Like when it seems all your hopes and dreams are a million miles away, I will be there for you. When it's yeah, so it's just <laughs> with, they, with they, you, that sounds like a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I know that's how I sing, like funeral singer. But that, they, I wasn't particularly into them at the time. Like, like Spice Girls I was at the time but I wasn't particularly into S Club 7 uh, you're right I was like 16, 17 and they're cheesy and they're full of cliches but my god you listen they are relentlessly and overwhelmingly and heartwarmingly positive and really just just they make you feel good you know um, what No, I, I, I do actually I like and respect that choice thank you mate Tick. what's your song? my one is a bit more highbrow <laughs> Um, I've, I've gone for Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water. I like where we our songs are so clash. The, the songs are so different. But do you know what's so strange is you're picking the cheesy ones. It should be the other way around. I know. Well, you know. I, no, no, I didn't pick all the cheesy ones. I have some nice ones. No, I know Mariah Carey. That was that wasn't oh, cheesy. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, guys, Gary, I'm sick of talking to you, and I want to wrap this this shite up. What you got? What you got planned for the rest of the week? Well, what you mean apart from crying in the corner? Which ones? Including that. Which, which corner? Oh, any corner. I might play chess with myself. I've got a chess board there. Um, no, I don't know. I'm going to do uni work and stuff. But um, I just want to say thanks for getting in touch. Do send in your MP3 files or just written comments. We love to hear from you. Take care. Stay safe, as people say these days. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.